1: blog talk
0: radio hi everyone welcome back to the bt powerhouse podcast my name is thomas bendit i am the uh the manager of bt powerhouse uh this is i believe is our our 40th podcast here um it is october 21st so wednesday and we are chugging along in our our season preview series um this is actually a podcast we've been trying to do for a week and a half two weeks or so just i had a lot of issues with trying to schedule um the guess we were hoping to get on but uh fortunately it, it just didn't work out you know one thing would come up here another thing would pop up but we uh we are going to hit hit it tonight um and we're going to be bringing on uh joshua stern who's one of our one of our writers to to chat about nebraska um the huskers uh Coming off kind of a an underwhelming year, but um hoping to uh, i guess i guess rebound would be the <laughs> the appropriate word um for nebraska but uh you know since the miles has uh has joined the program um really expectations have uh have risen. <laughs> you know, they've changed a lot. Uh, you know, first NCAA tournament appearance in I I believe like fifteen years or so. Um, and this is two seasons ago. Uh last season had some very, very high expectations coming into the year. Um unfortunately they are unable to to match those hopes, end up finishing uh thirteen and eighteen not not exactly uh, an outstanding record um failed to make the nit failed to make the ncaa tournament and you know we're talking about a team that was in serious discussion to not only make the ncaa tournament but you know maybe be a dark horse to to win the big 10 uh you know, I, I don't think anybody thought they were gonna beat Wisconsin last year, but you know, at least be in that conversation, you know, maybe a couple upsets can be right there, game behind or so. Um, but they you know, Nebraska just it just never came together. Uh, you know, they they lose some some rough non conference games, including a just incredible upset uh by incarnate word. Um, you know, in retrospect, it, it wasn't as massive of, a, of an upset as it seemed at the time, but still a, uh, a very surprising loss. Um, and one that was really a sign of things to come. Um, yeah, they, they also, you know, they also lose to Hawaii. They, they drop a lot of what I would call winnable games in big 10 play, um, and and one of the incredible things about about Nebraska last year is uh um, they they didn't win a a single conference road game, which is uh you know, they didn't exactly dominate at home either. I mean, again, we're we're talking about a team that went five and thirteen in Big Ten play. But uh really really crazy to think about that uh you know, eighteen games in, you know, they play uh Penn State on the road, um, you know they play Illinois on the road. They they get some, you know they play Michigan on the road, Minnesota on the road. Uh, these teams that, you know, do have some skills. Uh, you know maybe the advanced stats indicate they're a little better than than what we think, but um, you know Nebraska can't beat them <laughs> in those road games. Um, and that that was the that was the real killer, along with again, you know the upsets. Uh, during that conference play highlighted by that incarnate word uh, loss at home as well. Um, you know, a, a really disappointing loss that that really added up over time. Um, you know, it, it accumulated with, with the other losses, uh, you know, you end up at 13 and 18 and, you know, uh, Nebraska didn't exactly have the, the most incredible standards as a program. You know, this isn't Kentucky or Duke, but, um, fans certainly expected more, more than 13 and eight. But, uh, but with that, um, it looks like Josh is, uh, here on a, here on the line. Uh, Josh, how's everything going? Busy with midterms,
1: but, uh, but everything is pretty good. <laughs> How about you? How you doing?
0: Good, good. Excited to, uh, to chat some Nebraska here tonight with uh basketball season just uh, a couple weeks away. Um, so let's, uh, let let's jump right into it. Um, what are your uh, what are your general thoughts about this Nebraska
1: team coming into this year? Um, well, I think what you said before was true. Thirteen and eighteen for a team that made the NCAA tournament the year before is really disappointing. Um, clearly, uh, Tim Miles isn't going in the right direction, but uh, but overall, it's really tough uh, when a team is gaining momentum and then has such a disappointing year. Um, I think people in, uh, in Lincoln are excited about the basketball program, though. Um, it's rare. Uh, that a school that's not such a big basketball program is willing to invest a bunch of money in a new arena and a new uh, trying to make one of the one of the best home atmospheres in the country. Um, so I think it's rare. I think it's surprising, but I think it's great that uh, that Nebraska at least is trying to make those strides to become one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Oh yeah, I definitely agree.
0: I mean, I I think you can uh, you, know, you can kind of see the uh, you know the upward trend and kind of the. Uh, <laughs> um you know the momentum building building in the basketball program here um but with that uh let, let's jump right into the the roster here um the backcourt uh was I, I don't know if it was seen as a strength last year but definitely seen as a uh you know sort of a a solid group uh Petaway did uh obviously a lot of damage but he's he's out the door um they also had uh Benny Parker uh Ty Webster who will both will be back um and then they add uh you know the elite well I don't know elite but very good recruit in Glenn in Glenn Watson um Josh what do you see out of the
1: backcourt here for Nebraska this year sure um well I think you you pretty much hit the main guys uh I mean Webster's a year older I think the biggest thing with him so far is he came in as a really highly touted recruit. I mean, he's played for the New Zealand basketball team. And I think a lot of Nebraska fans thought that maybe he would be able to make the leap, but he still hasn't quite had that effect yet. Um, and then Benny Parker, he's a guy that's been around the program for three years now, um, and he's a senior. So I think fans are hoping that Parker can kind of be a, a nice little spark, uh, whether whether he starts or off the bench, just someone that brings uh, quickness and, uh, and toughness to the floor. Uh, but the main guy right now, I think, uh, has got to be Siobhan Shields. Uh, I don't really know whether you'd list him as a guard or a forward, but, you know, with Petaway gone, with uh, with Walter Pitchford gone, you've got to think that uh, that Shields becomes the first banana and pretty much just has to take over. I read reports that Miles thinks that Shields is, is ready to make that leap. Um, Miles says that, you know, by the end of the season, that Shields deserves to be in the NBA um, so we'll see what Nebraska gets out of him, but I think a lot of their season is contingent on his play.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I think personally, I'd probably more from more into the wing slash front court ish. Um, but I definitely agree. I and uh, and I'm speaking about Shields here. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I think the backcourt, you know, it's gonna be uh, it it'll be interesting. I do think it it might be the the deepest part of the lineup. Uh, I'm not totally sure, you know, depending on how obviously some of the newcomers go, but, um, you know, at at point guard, I kind of expect Glenn Watson, uh, the incoming freshman to take over there Uh, really, uh, you know, natural feel for the game. He can, he can change the pace. Uh, I I don't want to compare him to D'Angelo Russell, because I know that's a very lofty comparison, but in terms of, uh, you know, Russell had this great ability to just kind of do that instant stop thing which, uh, I'm sure, you know, people know what I, hopefully people know what I'm talking about, but, you know, we're going to kind of be going full speed and then stop hit a guy who's wide open and easy bucket for Ohio state. I think Watson has a little bit of that. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's on Russell's level with that, but I think he has that raw feel for the game. I think he's going to add a lot to Nebraska's passing and, uh, um just diversity on the offense. Um the other the other guy who I, I, I think is gonna take a huge role, um, you know, and, and obviously these wing, you know, shooting guard, power forward, it's gonna kinda be flexible this year with Nebraska's wing group. But uh I think Andrew White, uh he's the Kansas transfer. Yeah. Um he sat he sat out last year and um allegedly, you know, we'll have to see obviously, but uh you know, he's supposed to be a really touted three point shooter. Um, an area that Nebraska I, – I think even Tim Miles said it was a disaster uh, last year. Um, I think they finished, like, 340th in three-point percentage, which is just crazy, you know, for a Big Ten school. Um, but White White should help there. I, I think he's going to get into the starting lineup. Um, behind them, yeah, I you know, I think uh, Parker and uh, Webster will be the main guys there and just kind of – We'll see. You know, I agree. I, I think Webster has some talent. It's just about uh, just about tapping into it. Um, I think it'll be a, an interesting group. But I, I think, for me personally, I think it's going to ride on Watson um, and White. Um, but moving moving past uh, the backcourt um, into the, sort of the wing here. Um, you know, we you talked a little bit about Chavon, uh, about Shields. Um, a couple other options uh, in here. Um, Ed Morrow, the incoming freshman, uh, Jack McVeigh, the incoming freshman, um, a few guys to kind of rotate through there. Uh, how do you see the wing group sorting out?
1: So yeah, I mean I think I think the interesting thing about Shields that we've both talked about so far is because he's going to be such an integral part to the team, he's not just going to be a guard and he's not just going to be a wing that. You know, you could see you could see shields for 36 or 37 minutes a game and kind of being interchangeable with those positions. Um, like you said, I'm really interested in Jack McVee, the uh, the freshman from Australia. I know that Coach Miles has been super high on him. Uh, he's a 6'8 wing, and I know he brings a lot of different versatility uh, to a Nebraska team that's pretty pretty limited in the front court. Um, I don't really know what else to expect out of guys like uh, like Jake Hammond and Nick Fuller. I mean, they only, uh, Fuller played 16 games last year and Hammond played 11. So you can't really say, you know, you can't say much from them. Um, and then I guess Ed Morrow, uh, he played at a big time high school at Simeon, but you know, again, he's a freshman he's playing in the big 10. So what do you, what to expect out of him? Um, I think this is probably the area where Nebraska is going to struggle. Um, I really don't know who else is proven besides for Shields and if you're including him in the wing category. So I think in terms of that it can be a really tough year for the Huskers.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is a group that's gonna be uh you know, you know, as you said, I'm definitely in agreement. I think Shields is gonna be kind of the the fix it all type of guy this year. Yeah, um, you absolutely. know, I, I I don't think he's a, a perfect guy, you know, perfect player, but I think it's gonna be kind of one of those where you know, if, if Nebraska can't find an answer at power forward, they're going to play Shields there. they can't find sure. an answer at small forward, are going to play Shields. Shooting guard, they're going to play Shields there. Um, and, you know, obviously he's limited. He can't play all three positions at once. But um, I, I do think it's going to be about, you know, which of the freshmen in this area emerge. Um, you know, yep. Morrow, a lot of raw talent. But, uh, you know, again, as you said, you know, Freshman caveat, you know, we've never seen these guys in a college game. Um, you know, is he going to be able to play early? Uh, Michael Jacobson as well, uh, incoming freshman. Um, you know, the, these three, I, I think all three of them are pretty talented, but it's just, you know, it, it's one thing if you're if you're Kentucky and you're bringing in a five-star, you know, mega recruit, but it's another if you're bringing in a three- to four-star type guy. You know, it's sometimes they're hits, sometimes they're misses as, as freshmen. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be a group where, um, you know, if Moro can come in and play early, I think this group could be pretty good. Um, if he can't, uh, and, and they can't find another one of those freshmen who can be, you know, solid. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it could be a, a weakness if it, it, it's just so hard, you know, with the freshmen likely having such big roles, it's hard to, it's hard to slot them in there and figure out, uh, what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it'll be an interesting area uh, of the lineup um the final the final area uh the front court, the big men, um jacob Hammond's back, uh Walter Pritchford is gone um, what do you see out of the
1: front court i mean i'm I'm looking at the roster right <laughs> now, like you are, and Hammond's the only guy who's above six <laughs> ten um i mean i think I think, like you said, you know, you play. You might have to play Shields at four, but I don't really know size-wise who else they have. I mean, can you play McVee at the five and get away with that? Can you play maybe Michael Jacobson or someone else at the five and kind of cheat? Maybe it works in Nebraska's favor where you have five really athletic guys that can shoot the three and spread the four and other teams have to overcompensate. Or it's one of those things where a team like Purdue, where you have somebody like Caleb Swanigan and a combination of either – uh, Isaac Haas or H. A. J. Hammond, and you're kind of just screwed. Where you have two mammoth, true big men, and there's just nothing that you can do about it. When you're really playing a wing at the four and potentially a wing at the five, I think Hammond's going to start and play a, a decent amount of minutes early on. But they're really, really, really paper thin at the five.
0: Oh yeah, I I am in complete agreement. Um, you know, I, I've been working on my preview on Nebraska the last couple of days, and this. You know, there there are some weak front courts in the Big Ten, but unless Hammond pops out and it's suddenly a star, which, you know, could happen, yeah. uh, you know, we haven't seen a ton of him, so, you know, maybe he does, but, uh, I mean, it's pretty much him. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to slide a guy over who's not really a, a true positional fit. Um, you know, yeah. and I and I, sh- I should add, you know, just as a, uh, I guess, a precautionary note uh, to our discussion that, you know, they they did play some guys that last there uh, last year there that weren't huge you know Leslie Smith was only six eight uh, you know Abraham only six nine so it is possible N- neither of those guys were the starter but you know it is possible just as a side note but um but yeah I mean the the big thing that concerns me is you know you're talking about likely the backups are probably going to be Morrow and Jacobson I mean I, I'm not sure who else is going to go. Yeah. And uh, that that's the first red flag. And the second one for me is um, Hammond, uh, in terms of fouling, it was an issue last year. I know he didn't play a ton. And, you know, obviously he, he's probably entering in in some unusual circumstances. But, you know, a note that I did want to bring up is that per 100 possessions last year, Hammond was second on the team in personal fouls, which... Yeah, I'm looking here, had, he had 6 fouls in
1: 36 yeah. minutes, which is not a good statistic.
0: Yeah, yeah, and again, we're talking 36 minutes, so we're not talking a lot of game right. time here. And no, again, you know, maybe maybe it's mop-up duty, you know, whatever. But but still, that if that's your only guy, that is a huge concern. So yeah, he yeah, – uh, mm-hmm. and and on top of that, too, if, if he's pl- having to play safe and he can't take some, you know, shots at blocking the ball or, or things like that, you know, opponents are going to attack him because they know as soon as he gets into foul trouble, Nebraska has no – legitimate backup or it appears yeah. they don't have a legitimate backup. So um yeah, Husker fans I guess uh this is an area to to be worried about <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, I mean maybe the guards and wings can kinda cancel it out, but um it's probably gonna be an issue all year. Um and we'll definitely have to have to stay tuned on, on how it works out. Um moving on more towards a, a, a a general sense here, um I think we've talked about just about them all, but um, this is one of the more talented recruiting classes that Nebraska has brought in in a while um i I think I want to say there are four incoming recruits uh five five new recruits um and uh three transfers, although two of them uh in Anton Gill and uh Malcolm Laws, cannot play this year, only Andrew White can play um Josh, do you want to take a couple seconds to talk about the recruits? I know we've talked about almost them all, or I believe almost them all, um, about what Nebraska is adding on the recruiting trail this year.
1: Sure. Um, I mean, like you said, we hit a lot of it. But, I mean, both Morrow and Watson are ESPN 100 guys, uh, both were four-star recruits. So, you know, you'd have to hope that at some point they can come in and play right away. Um, I think the nice thing for Watson, like we've been talking about, is that Watson doesn't have to come in and necessarily be a star because they have proven guys in the backcourt like Parker, like Webster, um, like Andrew White, even though he didn't play at Nebraska, he's at least been at at Kansas for a year playing high major D1 basketball. So it's not going to be as much pressure on Watson. On uh, on Morrow, though, I mean, the kid is only 6'7" came into 215. I'm not sure what he's listed at right now, but like you said, I mean, Morrow could be the guy starting at the four, even potentially at the five as the season goes on if uh, if Jake, Jacob Hammond doesn't work out. So I think in that regard, it's almost similar to what happened with some of Michigan's freshmen in the past season, where you had guys like Aubrey Dawkins and Muhammad Ali abdul rahman who weren't necessarily ready to play, but injuries forced them into the lineup. And in a way that could be good, even though this might not be a year where Nebraska makes a big splash or makes the tournament or has a great record, it could be really beneficial for the team going down one or two years from now.
0: Oh yeah. I, I definitely agree. You know, and, and I think that's, that's the big takeaway of this, of this recruiting class is that, and, and the transfers as well, Nebraska's sure. adding a lot of depth, a lot of talent. I mean, um, you know, it, I, li- I like Anton Gill from – I think he was at Louisville. He was a really good player at Louisville. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is I, I think – I can't remember the exact stat, but, um, you know, Nebraska's actually – I think they're going to have, like, five or six four-stars, something like that. You know, part of them are wow. four transfers in. But, you know, considering where Nebraska was just four or five years ago, that that's insane sure. for, you know, the Huskers, uh, at least – in terms of long-term projections. But yeah, you know, I think Watson is a guy who, you know, can be a solid four-year starter, end up, you know, on some all big 10 teams, junior, senior year, that type of thing. I think Morrow has the potential to develop into a really good forward. Um, and, and and then you have, you know, a couple of guys who, who don't have the ratings that, that some of the other, uh, you know, that Morrow and Watson have. And, uh, Bakari Evelyn, uh, they, um, you know, and Jacobson, you know, those are three guys who theoretically are going to be solid backups, solid guys in your rotation, uh, developing. But the big issue, which I know, I know we've talked about is just that they're all freshmen this year and Nebraska's kind of have to lean on them to be good this year, which is a a big concern, but, but long-term. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think these, that could help them, you know, to get on the floor early, start developing, you know, see where they need to improve. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is an exciting class long term, and is really going to set Nebraska up well. Uh, maybe not this
1: year, but uh, but down the road. Um, uh, one other thing I saw that was kind of cool was that Nebraska, you know, with McVie and with Ty Webster, they have a guy from Australia and a guy from New Zealand. And it seems <laughs> like every year, it seems like every year college basketball is becoming more and more international. I mean you look at Gonzaga and two of two of the best players on their team and in the country, Karnaski's from Poland and Sabonis is from Lithuania. So just the fact that they're even being able to tap into that international recruiting network, I think, could be really beneficial for them down the line as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely uh definitely
0: agree. And and that is an interesting trend. You know, it would be interesting to see, you know, percentage of college players uh based on country per year because it, it definitely sure. seems to be getting more international. Um But spinning off of that, uh, back towards, I guess, this year and the team, um, I did want to take a a minute or two to talk about Nebraska's schedule. Um, Personally, I I think this is a very difficult schedule. Um, I I know uh, some people are going to spin that as a good thing, you know, exciting games, some good home games, stuff like that. Uh, But personally, I think this is going to be a very difficult schedule. And if I was Nebraska's AD, I would not have scheduled this given what Nebraska kind of seems like they're going to be like this year. Sure. Um, You know, some of the big non-conference games, you know, on the road at Villanova, um, Cincinnati at a neutral court, uh, potentially Tennessee or George Washington, uh, Miami at home, which, you know, some sites have as a top 25 team. Uh, They play Creighton on the road, Rhode Island at home, which looks like a tournament team. Um, what do you take of this schedule? Uh, do you agree it's with me that it's too tough? Um, and how do you see uh, Nebraska performing against it?
1: I mean, I mean, look, you hit it. Um, you'll we'll know by the end of November, or if not after that, Miami game after the first day in December, whether this team has a shot to actually make some noise in the Big Ten, or whether this is going to be one of the bottom teams. I mean, going to Villanova is always a tough game. I mean, they could be top 10 or top 15 this year. Like you said, Cincinnati, and then either having to play Tennessee or George Washington. Um, you know, but there's opportunities. I mean, if they were to to win that home game uh, against Miami, that would be a huge win. That game at Creighton, like you said, is, is a really tough game, too. But then there's, you know, a home game four days later against Rhode Island. And if Rhode Island is really good, and they're usually pretty good in the eight ten 10 every year, that could be a quality resume win. Um, and, yeah, and they play a couple, a couple teams against, games against teams that they should beat. But I really think, I think by the end of November, uh, we'll say whether this Nebraska team is legit, whether they found someone in the front court besides for Hammond that can actually play or whether it could be one of those years that Siobhan Shields is just gunning for numbers. But, but I think it's a, it's a really tough schedule. I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and that is a, that is a good point. I guess the, to sort of take the optimistic approach here for a couple seconds. I mean, uh, you know Miami is at home, Rhode Island is at home, Cincinnati and the Tennessee or George Washington game, those are both in New York. Uh I think we all right. know generally Nebraska is a team that's got that travels well. Um so, you know, maybe it'll be a, a semi-home environment. I I'm not sure uh you know out in New York, who knows, but um but you know it, it, if they go one and one there, they beat Miami, they beat Rhode Island and you know Creighton's good, but I don't think they're a world beater type of team this year. So you know, no. who knows? You know, if things go right, maybe they get lucky there, pull off a win. Um, yeah, the only one that looks like a guaranteed loss is at Villanova. I, I know, yeah. you know, anything can happen. You know, as uh, as Michigan fans know from last Saturday, anything can happen. Uh, speaking of the MSU horror fest, but
1: uh, <laughs> it's still, still a little <laughs> too soon for that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, Me and Josh are both uh, Michigan uh, uh, fans. So uh, if you didn't watch the game, dramatic finish, Michigan shot itself in the foot. But side story. But, yeah, in terms of this Villanova game, though, you know, anything can happen. um, But that just – Villanova, look, I expect them to run away with that one pretty easily. Um, Yeah, and then, you know, You know, as I was talking about earlier in the podcast, Nebraska generally very good at home. Um, They do have some big opportunities in Big Ten play, you know, to pull off some upsets. So I think uh, it's there. You know, they have they have the schedule to to make a run. Um, But for me personally, I I do think it is a little too tough. I think they're going to drop a few of those non-conference games and it's really going to really going to make it difficult to make a run late in the year. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so that's the uh the the schedule there um and and one of the, one of the questions i' I'd like to ask on these podcasts is sort of a uh something unexpected uh that you kind of see out of this team that you know the national media might not or fans in general um you know what what's something that you expect to kind of surprise fans or the media um about this Nebraska team? you know some people talk about you know maybe pulling off an upset or. You know, a player emerging, uh what do you see that might surprise fans about Nebraska this year?
1: Huh. Um I think the the reemergence or the emergence, whatever you want to call it, of Andrew White, I think you were talking about this before. I think he's a great shooter. There was a reason he was recruited to Kansas. The kid can really play. Um and I think having him and McVee and Shields where there's a possibility where the three of them could be two two three four in the lineup know whether Nebraska has enough depth to really compete in the Big Ten, but at least with, with White and with McVie, you know that they'll be coming back next year. So at least looking for um, that their offensive spark and to pretty much say, look, we might not be able to play nine guys that are really, really good, but at least our starters are going to be competitive. We're going to be able to be in a lot of close games. Um, so I'm looking to see Nebraska's offense because Tim Miles happens to be a really, really good coach. Um, he took mm-hmm. not a lot of talent and turned them into a really good team a couple years ago. I like, don't think that's the case this season, but look, maybe they get to 500 in the in the Big Ten. I, I think it's unlikely, but that would be that would be a really nice mark for this club.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think White is definitely a player who. I don't know if he'll surprise the people that are uh, you know, aware of him, but I, I think a lot of people don't even realize he's on the team. Um, and uh, I think when he shows up, a lot of people are going to be surprised, you know, to have a really good shooter, a guy who can, who has a lot of length who should be able to defend. Um, I don't think he'll uh, be as good as Petaway um, overall, but I think he, he can kind of fit into that role and at least uh, ease some of the losses uh, from Petaway. But um, my, my kind of surprise this year for Nebraska, uh, I don't know if it'll be a surprise, so to speak, but, um, I, I really like Glenn Watson as a player. I think he's going to be a guy who comes in. I don't think he's going to be a flashy, um, you know, mega scorer or, you know, huge assist leader, but I think what he's going to do is diversify this Nebraska offense. Um, last year, I mean, it was, it was pretty much Petaway Shields. And another guy once in a while, <laughs> you know, it really was yeah. a two dog, two dog offense. And, you know, sometimes that's good. And you had, and you um, had Pitchford in the corner shooting mm-hmm. a bunch of threes that normally didn't go in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, two years ago, Pitchford was a good shooter, but last year, I mean, right. 28% from three is just oh, not bad. good. Really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, really overall, I mean, it, it was really tied shields and, insert guy for a couple plays you know here and there um and and the thing is I think with Watson there a really nice point guard who can kind of change the pace get it to other guys here and there I think that's going to add a lot to this offense and um I don't think this is going to be an elite offensive team I don't think it's going to be a even a great maybe not even a good one but I think it will get closer to the mediocre level which may not sound exciting but this was a very – it was not a good offensive team last year. Um, they finished 285th in offensive efficiency uh, for Ken Palm. Um, I mean, they had uh, – you know, the, the epitome of last season to me for Nebraska was late in fe- February. Uh, you know, the season was probably pretty much over, but they play Iowa at home. Iowa at home. Um, I think it was – I don't remember if it was an alumni weekend or something, but it was a big home weekend. Um, you know, the fans were excited, and they scored 46 points and get blown out by about 30. And and the thing was, it's just the offense couldn't keep up, um, too much ball hogging, uh, not enough movement. And and I think, you know, long story short, I think that's going to change this year, thanks to Glenn Watson. Um, and, and if they can become an average offense and still keep the defensive numbers, it could be a pretty dangerous team. Um, at least that's what I think. But uh <laughs> um but moving on to that, I guess to our uh our most exciting part of the podcast, uh predictions for the season uh for Nebraska. You know, we've talked about the roster, about the schedule. Um how do you see Nebraska performing next year? How do you see them in the Big Ten? Uh do they make the postseason? Which tournament? Um, what do you expect out of Nebraska?
1: Um, I don't have an overall Record number. I think it'll mm. probably overall hover somewhere around 500. Um, but I see more of a seven and eleven or eight and ten season in the Big Ten. Um, I think just right now there's there's not enough experience. There's too many questions in the front court. Um, and and like, like we were saying, they're young. They're really really young. I think they're a year away from being better. And potentially two years away from being really, really good. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I think seven, eleven, or eight, ten, and let's just say sixteen and fifteen, or fifteen and sixteen overall. I mean, we were saying before their non-conference schedule is pretty tough too. They have some definitely winnable games, um, but I just don't think this is the year that Nebraska makes a postseason tournament. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of on a similar plane. I think I might be a little a little more down on Nebraska than you but um I have them 11th in the Big 10. I have them uh behind Northwestern, ahead of uh Minnesota, Penn State and Rutgers. Um you know, I I like I like Shields a lot. I like Andrew White and I obviously, you know, I ranted about Glenn Watson for about 15 minutes there. But um <laughs> I uh the front court is just going to be such In my opinion, it's going to be such a black hole this year. You know, I I don't want to talk down any of their players, but when you're relying on a guy who played 36 minutes last year, who got into foul trouble, you know, in those 36 minutes for pretty much your center position, I think it's a, it's a massive concern. And I think anytime you play a team with a functional front court, you're going to have massive issues. Um, The other thing I, I was talking about at the beginning of the year, um, You don't like to take too much from year to year because the team is different. Everybody's different, et cetera. But Nebraska was downright horrible on the road last year. Uh, Like I said, they won zero road games in the Big Ten last year. I don't know how much of that will change. The Big Ten looks brutal this year. It looks better than it did last year. Um, So I I, I think it's going to be tough to get wins. Um, I do think in terms of, I think this team is going to be more fun to watch than it was last year just because I think the offense will be better. I think it's going to have more of a a hopeful long-term type of development feel to it. But, um, yeah, I I think this is going to be a team around four to five Big Ten wins, uh, you know, maybe a little more if if things fall right. Um, I think I said predicted somewhere from three to seven, you know, overall, but I think it'll settle around four to five. Um, and and at the bottom of the Big Ten, but um, but one thing I I, I did kind of want to spin off on that. I know I usually end with the predictions, but this time I I did want to ask kind of a follow up to that. Um, you know, let's say Nebraska does, you know, end up finishing around that 11th place range. Uh, you know, they don't make the NIT, they don't make the NCAA tournament. Um, what what's your kind of view of the program itself? Because I think generally people are pretty optimistic about Tim miles and people think he's a good coach, but you know, if if this does happen, he'll have, uh, I believe four years with the program and really only one season that's remarkable in any way. Um, You know, three underwhelming years without even an NIT appearance. um, And then one year to the NCAA tournament where they got knocked out first round. Well, what's kind of your view on the program? If, if they do kind of meet expectations this year and kind of finish at the the bottom part of the Big Ten? Um,
1: I think that's a really interesting question because I think that Nebraska is one of those schools, basketball-wise, it's just starting to get on the map for both casual fans and for people in the state of Nebraska. Um, I think that Miles overall has done a really good job, and I think um, the, the perception around him is that people love him in Lincoln. And I know that sounds weird. There are a lot of schools in the country where it's wins, it's losses. You're either meeting results or you're not. But I don't think Nebraska at this point in their basketball arc is is at that stage right now. Um, I mean, you know, we were talking about the recruiting classes before. We're saying that this is not a one-year program, especially with the departure of of Shields, of Petaway, of Pitchford, of Benny Parker, of Guy's. That were, that were mainstays in the program, but now Miles is kind of gutting that and, and starting to uh, starting to get his guys in. Um, so I think the Nebraska program is definitely on the up. I think Miles will be there for at least four or five years. I mean, you have to remember, Nebraska is still a football school, and the fact that they're building a new arena, the fact that they're recruiting in Australia and New Zealand, um, the fact that Nebraska <laughs> – you know, had an unbelievable home record uh, It was two seasons ago when they made the NCAA tournament. I think they lost, I think Michigan was the only team to beat them at home that year. I mean, that's a really good mark for a program and for a school that isn't really basketball-focused, and that's Miles. I mean, he's generating a huge buzz about the program. He's big in the community. Um, and so I think he stays. I think you keep him around for at least four or five more years and you give this experiment another go and, and you see what happens. But I think he's been really, really beneficial.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, and again, as I said, I, I do expect them to finish around 11th or so this year. But And and at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, Miles will then have four years with really only one good year. But I, I think when you take a step back and realize that Nebraska has seven NCAA tournament appearances ever. They've yeah. never won a game in the NCAA tournament. I, I think their all-time, like, winning percentage is, like, barely above 500. Um, you know, and I, and I don't say this to, you know, just rip Nebraska and, you know, kind of take shots at him or something. But, you know, this isn't an elite basketball program. You know, maybe it will be at some point, but it's not now. And the thing is, is when you hold Miles against the, that standard, I think he's been very successful, especially when you look on the recruiting trail. You know, he's bringing in talented players, whether they're transfers, whether they're freshmen. Um, and I, I think next year is when you're going to start to say, okay, you know, is this going somewhere or is this kind of just flatlining since that, you know, 13, 14 season? Um, I, I do think miles will eventually have the success, uh, in Lincoln. Um, but it'll certainly be, uh, interesting to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, Josh, uh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you taking some time away from midterms here. Uh, any final thoughts on Nebraska, the Big Ten,
1: uh, college basketball? I guess before before we let you go. Man, I'm excited. We got what two, two almost two weeks until tip off, uh, so I'm I'm definitely gearing up. Uh, I think it'll be a disappointing year for Nebraska, but like we touched on, I think this will be a great year for fans to kind of have a glimpse into the future. And then we're talking one or two years away, and people are saying, man, this Nebraska team can really compete for for a Big Ten championship potentially.
0: Mm, yeah, I definitely agree. And, uh, well, Josh, uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thomas anytime. <laughs> and again, that was, uh, Joshua Stern. He, uh, he writes for us on VT powerhouse. Um, a lot of fun uh, chatting Nebraska with him there. Um, again, uh, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, it should be an interesting year for Nebraska. Um, I know I say that about a lot of the big 10 teams, but they all kind of have their own storyline and narrative that, uh, that's interesting. Uh, You know, Nebraska, I don't think it'll be a great year uh, for the Huskers. You know, maybe I'll be wrong. You know, I'm wrong more than I uh, care to admit, (laughs) but uh, you know, maybe it'll be a, it'll be an exciting year, but I do think this is going to be a team that fans can kind of watch, cling on to and start to see where this program's heading, where miles is taking, uh, taking the Huskers. And I I, I do think it's going to end up being successful. I just, I don't think it's going to be this year. But uh, again, thanks for everyone for checking us out. Uh, My name is Thomas Bendit, uh, at T-B-E-I-N-D-I-T on Twitter. And uh, we'll we'll see you next time.